Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 132, and surprise, you're getting a bonus episode, and you'll find out why later, because I wanted to tell you about a movie that you just don't need to watch. What movie is that? It's The Last House on Cemetery Lane. Ooh, that sounds scary. Guess what? It's not. I'm going to save you an hour and a half of your life, but we'll probably talk about it for two hours, so just figure it out. Whatever. Okay, you know what? You know what? Let's just play a promo for another podcast and get on with the show. Bonus, 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 bonus show. Bonus show. Bonus Hello, show. podcast listener. My name is Russell Bragg. And I host a podcast called The DC Comics Presents Show. Every episode, I talk about the DC Comics Presents comic, starring Superman. I will be detailing all 97 issues, plus the four annuals. I will be spotlighting the DC character that Superman teams up with, plus I will be looking at the comic spinner rack to see what other comic books were on sale. So join me, Russell Bragg, for each exciting episode of The DC Comics Presents Show. Please go to the show's website, at www.dccpshow.com for more information. That's D-C-C-P-S-H-O-W. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out, but your nightmares brought you back. Ah! Or maybe it's a wet dreams. I don't judge. But hey, we're doing a bonus episode. Isn't that exciting? Are you excited? Be excited. No, don't worry. Don't worry. The Friday the 13th Spectacular is still set for next week, and I'll be talking about Jason Goes to Hell. Finally, I watched it the other night. Oh, boy, it's going to be fun. Uh, But there was a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for me getting this show out to you right now. What is that reason, Patrick? What could it possibly be? Well, I'll tell you. For the fifth year in a row, Scream Queens, the podcast where hard gets bent, has been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Award for Best GLBT Podcast. Yay! 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 So voting open on the 3rd. So if you haven't voted already, you're late. You're very late. So what I need you to do right now, not right now. Well, No, no, no. Stop the show and do it right now. Head on over to podcastawards.com. Scroll down to the Best GLBT section. Highlight Scream Queens Horror Podcast. And vote. And vote for all your other favorite shows, too, in all the other categories, just not this one. And then, then this is the important part. I want you to do that once a day, every day, until March 24th. For that is when the voting closes. And I am up against some stiff competition this year. Uh, Two former winners, multiple winners, and a celebrity. Ross Matthews has a podcast out. Just completely coinciding with him starting as a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I know damn well he's got interns voting for him. And it's just not fair. It's not fair. But you know what? We can topple him. (laughs) That came out dirtier than I expected it to. So what's been going on here at Scream Queen's headquarters? Well, uh, I have some bad news, unfortunately, about Sebastian the Cat. Um, The other, As some of you know, he was having some health problems. We had taken him to the vet. They found an ear problem. But... 
well, I don't know, he's been acting funny again, and the other day he was cuddled up with me, and he does this thing. I think it's really cute. Now, first of all, Tyler and Sebastian, those are my two cats, they are the only cats that I've ever had that let you rub their belly, actually demand belly rubs. Every other cat I ever had, you got near the belly, you got scratched. I guess cats can be ticklish, whatever. But my cats are clearly not. And they have big fat bellies. You go, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. It's fun for me. It's fun for them. But he does this thing. When he's cuddled up on my side and I'll be rubbing his belly, he does this thing where he curls up around my hand. Like a pill bug. You know those little bugs, little roly polies? You poke them and they roll up into a little ball. That's kind of what he does. So all of a sudden I have a, gl- it's like he gloves my hand so that I cannot take it away from his belly if I wanted to. And I had this image of me standing up and trying to walk away and he's still holding on. And I kind of look like the old man at the beginning of the blob. You know what I'm talking about. Of course you do. But anyway, I'm doing this. We're watching TV. I'm rubbing his belly and all of a sudden I felt a lump. A big one. And I start to panic. But I'm also just like, okay, let's just not freak out. Yeah, let's just check it out. And it's It was big. It not, not super big. You know, maybe about the size of a dime. And I'm trying to figure out if it's a cut. But I'm like, no, it's squishy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What was that third oh, no, that changed pitch? I'll tell you. I realized at that point that I was squeezing my cat's balls. Or should I say ball? I mean, or, or I should say scrotum because it doesn't have balls anymore. But still, I had been for like 10 minutes. I was playing with my cat's empty scrot. And he's just like. And I'm like, I probably got the little red strawberry picking out and sticking out now. And ew, 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 ew. That's not right. It's not right. So that was my bad news. My bad news is that I felt up my cat. Now, those of you with dogs are probably like, well, how could you not know that that's where his balls were? Because it's not the same way with cats as it is with dogs. Dogs, their business is kind of right there in the middle of the belly. Cats, everything kind of goes backwards. It's under the tail. So, I mean, I guess the way he was curled around, his business got high. Whatever. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was too traumatic. So I had uh, my cousin, my 18-year-old cousin, Michelle, from Ireland, staying with me with, uh, for a week. And she brought her girlfriend from college, her, her roommate, also from Ireland. They're there in an exchange program in Minnesota, of all places. So it was like summer vacation for them. So I, a lot of time was spent taking them around and showing the sights. And um, I want to say thank you to the manager of the Jekyll and Hyde Club, the entertainment staff, Patrick Tarpey, because I took them there to show, every, show the girls where I used to work and everything. And he let us go through the Chamber of Horrors, our year-round haunted house attraction, for free. So that was really cool, because for free... It was worth it. Naturally, they did a fine job. You know, there's only a couple of actors in there. They're understaffed, and, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not criticizing Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. But also, if you guys come to New York, I'm telling you this right now. I demand that you attend this event called Accomplice the Show. That's the website, AccompliceTheShow.com. And unfortunately, that's all I can tell you. You have two to choose from. There's Accomplice New York and Accomplice the Village. And when you buy your tickets, you'll know when you're going, but you don't know where. And what you're in for is a walking tour of New York, but it's also part mystery, part scavenger hunt, and all kinds of crazy adventure. And you can't talk about it without spoiling it. So I'm telling you right now, you guys come to New York, you're going to accomplice, and I can't go with you because 
I will ruin it because I know everything already because I know everything anyway. But anyway, accomplice, high recommend, high recommend. So anyway, the girls had a great time. I had a great time showing them around. Showing people around my city is one of my favorite things to do. Hint, hint, come to New York. I'll show you around. I'll show you all the good stuff. I might even show you my good stuff. That was inappropriate, sir. That was inappropriate. You loved it, though. I know. Hi, new listeners who are <laughs> tuning in for the first time after finding me on the podcast awards site. Yeah, this is pretty much what it's like. Doesn't he talk about horror movies? Yes, eventually I do. Shut up. Just shut up. Now, I want to give a couple of shout-outs to some screamers out there who've got some big projects going on. Now, first of all, Michael K. Loon. Michael K. Loon did a guest uh, stint last time I did a Friday the 13th Spectacular because I worked with him at Photomat. He was a fellow photomate, and we both worked with someone who auditioned for a, the lead role in Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, and didn't get it. So we spent a good... And yeah, I hate that movie, so I decided to have Michael on so we could talk about Photomat <laughs> for 30 minutes, and you guys apparently loved it. Anyway, Michael K. Loon has a show off-Broadway right now called uh, Rocket to the Moon. It's a Clifford Odets play, and Clifford Odets... Is uh, he was a 1930s writer. Uh, he wrote about depression era things, love, loss, politics, all kinds of tr- uh, wonderful, tragic stuff. And he's fantastic in it. And his name is Frenchie. And I can't believe I got through the whole night and didn't tell him that I expected him to come out in a pink wig and sing Beauty School Dropout because that would have been amazing. That would have cured the depression right then and there. But this is the cool thing that happened. Now, he's got some other Broadway legends in the cast with him. And I'm not going to bore you with that because you won't know who they are. Oh, okay, Jonathan, J- Jonathan Hidari and Lou Libertori. You, know, you see, you don't know who they are. Too bad. Anyway, I sit down, Bradford to come with me because he knows Michael, and we're waiting for the show to start, and all of a sudden I'm hearing, as this woman had walked in, and she sits down next to me, and I kind of do some side-eye, and it was time daily because she had worked with Jonathan Hidari on Gypsy when it was on Broadway. Not this incarnation. I guess it was the incarnation before. I don't remember when she did it. But anyway, he was her Herbie. And so she was there to see him. I'm like, okay, this is, this is, hey, Michael Kalun. It's great to sit you in the show. Time Daly sitting next to me. This is so cool. But the amazing thing that happened was Bradford being Bradford. The show was over and we're leaving. And he says, well, I just can't leave the theater without telling her how much I love her and respect her. I said, oh, Jesus. And he toddles over to her with his big monkey feet. And he says, Miss Daly, I just wanted to tell you that I am a huge fan of yours. I love the way you have supported the gay community all these years. And I have been a fan of you forever. I have been a fan of you ever since Starsky and Hutch. Think about it. (sighs) That's our Bradford. Also... Dan Dominguez, who gets mentioned a lot in the show, he's a fellow New York screamer, he is going to be in, he actually, no, not going to be, he is in the new Liam Neeson movie that's opening, Run All Night, is that what it's called? Yes, Run All Night, and that is opening on Friday the 13th. So go see Dan, give Dan some money. I think he's got a part part in it, I don't know how big, but go see him anyway because he's cool. And finally, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about before we get into the show, because this is supposed to be a mini-episode. And Bobby did a cabaret show. Mm, end of last month. Horrible snowy night. Bitterly cold. 
called Songs That Brought Me to Brooklyn. And if you don't know who Ann Bobby is, get out. No, just kidding. Ann Bobby is, of course, from Nightbreed and many, many movies and many, many Broadway plays and many, many everything. She's the voice of Dr. I Forget Who from Bioshock. And she's just everywhere and she's everything and she's awesome. And I got to go see her in a show. We're all buddy-buddy. Actually, we're dating now. There's a scandalous picture of us totally making out. She cured me. Thank you, Ann Bobby. But no, it was a wonderful show. She's a pick, star, uh, pick songs that told stories about her. Like, you know, pop songs that have been rearranged, but just kind of talked about her journey. Being a young girl in New Jersey, going to Broadway, going to Hollywood, coming back, and now she's in Brooklyn. And that's about her life as an animal career, animal rescuer. You don't care. You don't care. But anyway, I love you, Ann Bobby. It was a beautiful show. You make it seem effortless, and you're just so engaging. It felt like it was just for me and the other 50 or so people that were there, but mostly just me because, you know, we're totally a thing now. So as we go into the review portion of the show, I'm going to play some of Ann Bobby. You look out of your window into the night. Could be rain, could be snow, but I can't feel as cold as what you're feeling inside. And all of your friends are either married, vanished, or just left alone. But that's no reason to just stop living. Thank you. 
Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. <laughs> Paul? 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 So, for those of you who are new to the show, and I hope there's lots and lots of you, the crapshoot is the section of the show where I take a dive headfirst into that vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Did I find it today? Or do I just have a handful of doo-doo? Well, I kind of already buried the lead in the opening of the show. This movie's bad. And the movie that we're talking about is a brand new movie called The Last House on Cemetery Lane. Wow, what a creepy title. Sounds very exploitive, very 70s grindhouse. Well, you'd be wrong on just about every possible, conceivable level. But before I get into the review, let's play the trailer. Oh, wait. There is no trailer for me to play. Well, there is, but there's no dialogue. So it's not going to do you any good. You'll just be hearing like... And you've already heard me do that. So there's no need to put you through that again. Okay, so The Last House on Cemetery Lane is a British film... And it's about this dude, right? He's, you know, 30-something, kind of scraggly writer guy. And he's renting this isolated country estate in Wales so that he can write his new masterpiece. But he doesn't just write novels or anything. No, no, no. He's a horror screenwriter. As he tells the real estate agent, she's like, oh, you write? How very interesting. And he's like, oh, yes, I write, I write horror movie scripts. I don't know if that's Welsh or not, but you know what? It's good enough for now. And she tells him as he's moving in, She's like, oh, by the way, I probably should have mentioned this before, but you won't be alone here. He's like, what? I told you I wanted a place to be alone so I could write. She's like, well, you might as well be alone because there's an old blind woman who lives on the top floor in the attic and she never comes down and she doesn't need anything. All she does is sit in her room all day long and look out the window. And I was very happy because writer dude immediately picked up on when I cut up and he was like, well, what's she looking out the window for if she's blind? And she's like, well, she doesn't care what she's looking at. I don't really care what she's looking at either. She could be looking at an electrical outlet all bloody day. Just move on with the plot, whatever. So there's a blind woman who lives upstairs. Okay, I'm on board. This is reminiscent of Burnt Offerings, one of my favorite movies from the 70s. Sure. And like I said, I've been fooled by the title, and the cover art is just silly. It's some clip art thing that looks like it's from one of the... Well, I used to, of course, me, I would get those like Halloween and spooky sound ad, uh, albums when I was a kid. It looks like a cover of one of those. Not quite the Disney chilling, thrilling sounds of the Haunted House record, but something along those lines. I mean, it's the creepy house. It's run down. There's a storm. There's a graveyard. There's ravens. There's a bolt of lightning. You know, it's it's got everything. None of which you see in the movie. But, Patrick, you said the movie's 
taking place on Cemetery Lane. No, I didn't say that. I just said that was the title of the movie. We'll come back to that. So anyway, like I said, actually, like I didn't say, there's a lot good about this movie. Then why are you so angry, Patrick? Well, I'll tell you why. It's that it goes nowhere. Apparently, we don't understand the concept of the word climax because we got to the end of the movie and I said, okay, now it's going to start. No, it's over. Now, I'm all for slow burn. That's fine. And even like a, a, a kind of anticlimactic climax in a movie of this type, I might say, why did we go that route? When I analyze it, it'll be like, ooh, that was kind of spooky. But when I stopped and analyzed it, none of it made any goddamn sense. None of it. None of it, none of it, none of it, none of it. Anyway, so like this dude, he's a writer, like I said, and I said that he was scraggly. And it took me a while to realize that underneath all the scraggle, he's got some ottery goodness, as Jay the Honcub said on Facebook to me. He was also bored by the film. He said, well, at least he had the shirtless otter to ogle every now and then. He's this guy who's like second glance good looking. Like at first I was like, eh, I didn't see past the the scruff and the, the chin beard and the, the uncut fingernails and, yeah, you thought I was going to say something else. The unclipped fingernails. I just heard everybody's ears go boink when I said uncut. You guys are pigs. So are you ladies. I love it. But after a while, I'm like, he's actually kind of good looking. Alright, I'm okay with spending a couple hours with this dude, especially when he starts walking around half naked a lot, which I'll come back to. But he's not in the house long. You know, he accepts the fact, fine, there's this woman living upstairs. And this bothered me because at no point did anyone say she's got a kitchen up there. Is anyone coming to visit her? And it's not like this woman's got a separate entrance. It's a door in the middle of the house that goes upstairs. And she never comes down and nobody goes up. What? Okay, so I'm thinking dead woman, ghost woman, whatever. Some dark gothic secret. And I mean that in the literary sense, not in the Susie and the Banshees kind of sense. Sorry, Justin, of the Hysteria Continues podcast. I know. I know how you love the goss, but you know what? You notice how I'm talking about anything but this movie? Because there's not much to talk about. He's not in the house very long where weird things start to happen. Particularly, what's happening every night is somebody is putting on the record player. Yes, the record player. And I don't know what they're playing. It's really hard to hear, but it's kind of old and scratchy and kind of creepy. And it happens at the same time every night. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he's not too concerned. He's thinking it's the old lady coming down putting on the record player, but then apparently running right back upstairs, okay, things start to move around. There's a nice little creepy porcelain doll that's making strange appearances around the house. Paintings are falling off the walls, and it starts to escalate more and more and more and more and more, and he's starting to wonder, hmm, this old woman must be bonkers. How is this old woman sneaking around the house? And finally, duh, being a horror writer, he starts to think, well, maybe there's something paranormal going on. Hmm. Now, for most of this movie, it's just this one guy wandering around the house. And that's kind of the problem because it's nice and everything, but just like something needs to happen. He's good. I like him because even though they don't give him a backstory aside from being a writer, but just his demeanor and his appearance, aside from just being a writer, you know, it's a solitary thing, so they tend to get a little scraggly when they're working on something, and there's a huge truck going by outside. Welcome to New York City, folks, on a snow day. 
Where was I? Oh, I got the feeling that this guy's really sad. Like I said, writing is an an isolated way to work. You can't work with other people. Even when you're working with other people, eventually you're going to have to peel off and write alone. But you got the feeling that there was something else there. Maybe a breakup, maybe a divorce, maybe a death. But they never went into it. It was just there, and I kind of appreciate that. You know how I hate unnecessary backstory that's just going to bog things down. And this already had enough bogging it down. So it's a lot of him wandering around in some montages to really awful folk music. And one day he's wandering around in his yard, and he finds this creepy old run-down treehouse. And he's going up in it. I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be the center of creepy stuff for this movie. Nope. Nope. But what does happen while he's up there, all of a sudden a beautiful woman comes wandering by with a basket of blueberries. And he's like, hey, who are you? I'm sorry. Hey, who are you? You're on me property. I'm not going to do that anymore because it's just stupid. And she's like, oh, I'm just picking blueberries. Oh, I didn't know anyone lived here. Isn't it weird how she sounds like the real estate agent? But it's not the real estate agent. It's a totally different person. And there's some sparks flying between the two of them. She's very interested in him. He's very interested in her. And they start having a little thing, like that very, very chaste thing. They meet a few times. They have dinner. They have drinks. Then they talk and talk and talk all night. And she's the only other character in the movie at this point, aside from the real estate agent, who did her one scene and is now gone. And after they meet a few times, things start to escalate. And this was weird. This part was weird. I noticed that things started to get more and more advanced the more clothes this guy took off. And maybe that was me getting more, you know, advanced. (laughs) The guy took his clothes off. Because initially, he'd be running around the house in this gigantic maroon bathrobe. I was like, oh, girl. Girl, tell me you found that here and didn't pack that and bring it from home. Because that's a tragedy right there. What are you wearing? It's not even diaphanous. Someone needs to be diaphanous in a movie like this. But he was not diaphanous. Not at all. No. But it says things are going along. This one day things are moving around. You know, the the doll is on the stairs and a painting falls off the wall uh, at the bottom of the stairwell. So he goes running down to look at it. He hangs it back up and then he gets a shot of his feet and you see him take his underwear off. And I was like, what? 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 You're in the middle of the, what? Okay, and then he's in the shower, and his nose is bleeding. Like, okay, maybe nudity has something to do with this. Maybe it's some sort of sexual thing. The more clothes he takes off, the more freaky the ghost thing is going to get. No, no, it just was okay. It was just the reason for this guy to walk around with his shirt off, which actually was very nice. He's nice and lean and a bit hairy, and that was cool. Ottery goodness, Jay Yasba. And then, okay, he's in the shower, and somebody writes "murder" on the wall in blood. Well, his nose is bleeding, but then the word, the blood just disappears. What? Murder on the wall? In red on the mirror? That's original. I think I've seen that somewhere before. Now he starts talking to his new girlfriend about all this. I think there's something going on in the house. It's just very strange. I can't explain it, but it's really Since I met you and the things that are happening in the house, it's really fueling my writing. I'm writing like a demon person. And she's like, oh, that's great. Well, if you believe it, then I believe it. And I think maybe you should try to communicate with it. Like maybe use a Ouija board. And he's like, bah, a Ouija board. But then he does. And he does it by himself. 
and he's getting information about who's in the house, and he's like, oh, the, he's figuring out that there was a murder in the house, obviously, and that's what the board keeps telling him. And he's asking about things in the house. Who keeps playing my records? I don't remember what the answer was. And then he's like, whose doll is it? Oh, does the doll belong to Agnes, the old woman upstairs? And says, no. Well, who does it belong to? The murderer. <gasps> oh, my goodness gracious. And this some more back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. of Like, spooky thing happened. He walks around the house. Spooky thing happens. He walks around the house. Then he types and he types and he types and he types. And spooky thing happens. And he walks around the house. And the girl shows up. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I stayed here all night last night. And I know we didn't do anything. But you probably think I'm a huge slut. And he's like, no, I think you're awesome. And I was like, okay, great. What's up with this girl? Okay, so now we find out. I forget what exactly happened because this movie is so boring. I watched it in installations. He's had enough. And he's like, ah, Agnes, ah, come out of the attic, you old bitch. Ah. And he busts down the door. And he goes up and he's like, ah, you horrible old woman. And there's the old woman up there. And she's like, hey, what's up? Welcome to my crib. I'm blind and shit. Well, she wasn't like that. But you know what I mean. And she blurts out the whole backstory of the house. That, you know, she lived there with her daughter. Now, before I go any further, I just want to put it out right now that I'm going to be spoiling the shit out of this movie. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know when I do these reviews and I rip something to shreds. And I tell you, don't watch this movie. I know what happens every time I'm going to get angry letters from people, angry emails, angry phone calls. People are like, well, you just made it sound so funny that I decided to watch it anyway and it was really bad. Boo-hoo-hoo. Like, stop crying at me. Why do you think I suffer through these things? Why do you think I tell you not to watch them so you don't have to suffer the way I did? What's the matter with you people? So I am completely spoiling every surprise that, you know, all three of them. And I'm putting surprises in air quotes. So that you don't have to bother. You don't have to bother unless you want to see some honorary goodness, which is fine. Just fast forward. Not that you get any business business, but, you know, you get some small business, not big business. What? I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. So Agnes blurts out the whole history of the house. She's like, well, I lived here with my daughter, whose name I don't remember, but I'm going to call her Caroline. And Caroline was always peculiar. She was always getting expelled from school, and she had such a bad temper. And then when she was at school one year, she brought a friend home to stay. She had finally made a friend. And I was sitting in my living room, and I was listening to my records. The record. The record. That keeps playing. It's the record that they own. I'm listening to my record, and I came out in the hallway just in time, just in time, to see Carolyn murder her new friend. She threw her down the stairs with a face that looked like this. Like Large Marge. When she threw her down the stairs, she looked like this. And so you're thinking, okay, so Carolyn's haunting the house. She's like, no, my daughter's not dead, but I took the body of the poor girl that she killed because I had to protect my family and I buried her in the wall. At the bottom of the stairs, where the painting keeps falling off. Dun, dun, dun. Yardy, 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 yardy. And here we go. Then Caroline shows up. And we're thinking, oh, maybe that's the girlfriend. No, no. It's the real estate agent. Oh, 
oh, okay, so you're renting out the house so other people can take care of your mom. Well, I don't know, I, whatever. I don't know why she's renting, I, whatever, who cares, who cares? So it's her, she shows up, she suffocates mom with a pillow and immediately, immediately, immediately goes from pushing girls down the stairs, smothering mom with a pillow, to maniacal, crack-eyed axe murderer. She's running around chasing this dude with an axe. I'm like, okay, that's... Something that's nice. Completely out of character when they battle around. And I don't even remember what happened. I guess she died. I don't know. But then he remembers that the old woman was saying her friend that was murdered who was thrown down this. The poor girl's name was Cassie. Cassie? That's the same name as the girl from the Blackberry Garden. The Blackberry Garden. It was her. That's her name. What? And then they, he, he digs up. I forget. He breaks through the wall. And indeed, there's a skull. Oh, and a skeleton. Oh, it's true. There was really a murder here. Oh, no. And then Cassie goes, poof. She appears. And she's like, I'm sorry. I wanted to tell you that I'm a ghost. And I haunt this house. And I love you. I love you forever. And the movie ended. Okay. That was a non-climax. The axe chase took about 30 seconds. We already knew that there was a dead body in the wall at this point. And there was also a ghost. And the only other character that's still alive allegedly, is the girlfriend. So she must be tied into this because everybody else is dead, including her, it turns out. Shocker, whatever. And so I sat and I started to think about it. I'm like, okay, okay. This makes no sense. Okay, so she was a friend from school who came to visit and got thrown down the stairs. Yet now she's a 30-year-old woman. Okay. Who is apparently able to manipulate objects at will and change her clothes. She's carrying a book, uh, a basket of bl- blackberries. She has dinner. She drinks wine. They kiss. They flirt. They do everything but the nasty, which I guess ghosts can't do that. They can apparently do everything else. She might as well have typed this damn script for him, too. But then she's, she's the one who suggested... The Ouija board. Well, maybe you should try to communicate it. Maybe you should try to communicate with the ghost with a Ouija board. You're communicating with the ghost right now. Just tell him what you need to tell him and let's move this story on. Why are you Why are you introducing fucking Ouija boards? You passive-aggressive bitch. What the hell? So, and it's never clear who was doing what. Was Agnes coming down and playing the records? Was she moving the doll? I guess the ghost knocked the picture off the wall to say, hey, whatever. And I guess the ghost wrote murder on the wind, on the mirror. But why not just tell him? You're in a relationship where you talked for hours, you told each other everything except that. Okay, fuck you, movie. Fuck you. Like I said, I'm okay with the slow bird. And this movie did have a lot going for it. Like, I like the two characters, the two, the the the, the not the couple, non-couple, the whatever you want to call them, the two, <laughs> the two main characters of it, 
They're nice to look at, and they actually had some really nice chemistry, and that's not nothing, as we say here in New York. It's, it's a, that can carry a movie a long way. Their scenes together were very sweet. The, the house is a great location. The grounds are fantastic location. The score is good. The, the cinematography is great. It had everything going for it except the story, which just went bleh and made me sad. All the wasted talent, all the wasted time, all the wasted money. I'm not talking about on the production now. I'm not even talking about my wasted time, talent, and money. Because this movie's bullshit. Oh, why is it called The Last House on Cemetery Lane? Because that's the title of the script that he writes while he's in the house. So, you gave me a really lurid title for a really boring movie. Fuck you. Fuck ghosts. Fuck real estate agent. Fuck whales. The country, not, not the, not, well, you know what, fuck regular whales too. Well, I'm sure they rape you like dolphins do or whatever the hell. I don't know what I'm saying. I am not happy with this movie and I'm not happy with life right now, except I am. So, please, my beautiful, beautiful children, whatever you do, do not go into the last house on Cemetery Lane because it's really, really boring in there. I dread it's only days, so I'll meet you at the cemetery gates. Keats and Yates are on your side. I dread it's only days, so I'll meet you at the cemetery gates. Keats and Yates are on your side. Wild, wild is on mine. So we go inside and we gravely read the stone. All those lives, where are they now? With love and hate and passions just like mine They were born and then they lived and then they died Seems so unfair, I want to cry Okay, so that is going to wrap this puppy of a show up for another time. Since this is a mini episode, or, you know, a bonus episode, I'm skipping voicemail this week, going to put it all next show, because pretty much everything anyone's called in about is Friday the 13th. Well, no, it's not a Friday the 13th, technically. It's Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, which, of course, is the next installment in the Friday the 13th Spectacular, which, of course, is going to be out for Friday the 13th. Fingers crossed this time. I'm not going to stand you up two Friday the 13th in a row because that would be terrible. So, in the meantime, head on over to www.podcastawards.com and vote for Scream Queens once a day, every day until March 24th and bring home the gold for Papa because let me tell you, Daddy really wants his gold. Creepy. So if you have something that you want to add to that discussion for the show next week, by all means, or actually if you have anything to add, period. If you've seen a movie that you love or you hate it or you just want to say hi or introduce yourself, that's all cool. You can give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or, of course, if you're old school, you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. You can like me on Facebook uh, if you do a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And of course, 
head on over to www.podcastawards.com and vote. Just going to keep emphasizing that. Before we go, I've gotten a couple of pieces of news since I started recording this episode that I wanted to pass on to you. Some good news for some listeners and something for me. So I'm going to start with the listeners. First of all, I want to say congratulations to listener Sam Haynes. You might remember Sam. He hasn't been on the show, but you've heard some of his music during the Halloween season. He writes uh, music for haunts, and he's been nominated for a Rondo Award. So yay for Sam Haynes. And you know who else has been? Anne Bobby. Anne Bobby has been nominated for her movie, The Hanover House. And of course, Nightbreed is up for a couple awards as well. So vote for her too. Yay, congratulations to my screamers out there. And finally... Remember that audiobook that I've been talking about, that I've worked on, that's been tied up for two years in red tape? It's available for purchase now on audible.com. What? I know, right? It's crazy. The thing is, I'm not sure if it has been proofread or not. They just published it, so I'm pretty sure there's some mistakes in there. Maybe they fixed them. Maybe they didn't. I haven't heard it yet, but hey. It's available for purchase, and I'm going to have more information about that next time. Of course, the book is Marilyn by Patricia Snodgrass, read by me, and it's a, it's a horror thriller slash erotica story. It's like the Stephen King book, Christine, except the ghost that haunts the car is really, really horny. So somewhere out there, people might be spanking it listening to my voice, aside from you guys, because I know you're all sitting there spanking it. Ew. 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 Mmm. Sorry, that was just creepy. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, have I ever told you about the time that I saw a ghost? Oh, yes, it's true. I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was just... Standing there, a ghostly white figure standing right there on my mattress. A tiny little thing, though. So I reached over and I grabbed my Bible and I smacked that evil spirit right back where it came from. Of course, it turned out that your grandpapa had just been sporting some wood underneath the bed sheet. Boy, was he sore. Literally. <laughs> Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>